Welcome to Divorce Etc. hosted by us, the ex-experts. We're here to give you all kinds of information and tips on everything divorce. Plus, we're asking a lot of the questions that you may not even think of or know to ask, but we know because we've lived it, so we get it. We're Jessica NTH. Today's podcast guest is Michelle Sarrow. She started Divorce Rx out of her own need and her own experience. She's also a real life expert like Jessica and I are, and she is titled a professional organizer, which she is, but her skills are far more diverse than that, um, coming from her experience and, and everything else. So welcome to our show today. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so today we're going to talk about really why it's important to get organized, especially after a divorce or any you know life-changing event. You know, it's nice to have things in their place, but ultimately it, 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 it includes your mental health wellness, your overall, the way you feel in your home. Like you want to be in a safe place that feels good, has good energy giving back. So that's what we're really going to dig into today with Michelle. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your story, how Divorce Rx even started, and then let's dig into why it's really important to stay organized. Sure, I'd be happy to. So my own story quickly is that I am a child of divorce um, and I then became a teacher, um, married myself with um, three children and then divorced about six years ago and was a professional organizer about 15 years ago. And I was um, working in, in small businesses and homes. A lot of, you know, families with small kids that you know, either the parents were, were not organized before, but when they, you start adding kids on life gets busier and everything sort of explodes. So I have a lot of experience there. Um, when I sort of came back after my own divorce and did a lot of work on myself and, um, I had unfortunately parents who needed, you know, older parents who needed some attention. So I wasn't able to work as much as I would have liked to, but when I came back, to um, figure out what I wanted to do at this point in my life, um, I decided that I was going to pull on my experience as a professional organizer and then my personal experience as someone who went through divorce with three kids. Um, we happened to have a 50-50 custody split. So I watched you know, all of the logistics and the details and the snafus, which I never use that word, but I'm not sure where that word came from. <laughs> anyway, I, that it's, it, it works. Nafus that come up with the back and forth. And so I saw that as a, an opportunity for me to uh, put myself into this space and help other parents who would be, you know, were going through divorce with the organizing, both of the logistics, the going back and forth, as well as um, in their home, in the physical space. Um, and as we all know, Divorce is going to involve some, some type of movement, whether it's both people are moving, one person's moving, one person setting up a new house, two people, all of the all of the different variations. There's going to be some kind of stuff situation going on. Um, and I felt like, you know, when you go, as we all know, you, you go to get divorced, you've got your legal, you've got your financial, hopefully you've got your mental health. But what about the stuff, you know, and what about the logistics? And I didn't see that anyone was really dealing with that. And I, and I felt that there was, um, there was a space in the organizing world for me to deal with that. And that's how Divorce Rx was born. So did you going through it yourself, were you thinking, God, I'm so glad I know how to do this? 
because otherwise I, I, you know, this could make my life even more complicated. Like, were there times along the way now looking back that you're like, God, I'm so glad that I, that I understand how organizing is really important for my mental health, for my kids' well-being, for the energy in the house. I mean, were there times that you stopped and and that's kind of what got you where you were, where you are now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there were times when I all I wanted to do was sort of like lay in bed with the with the, with the covers over my head and I didn't want to do anything. But what I noticed because organizing comes naturally to me. I would, you know, be around, around the house and, and just naturally start organizing different things. And I noticed the difference that when the physical space was organized um, and I wasn't, when I would regularly go through things and get rid of things that I, we weren't using, things that may have been, you know, uh, my ex-husband's, maybe something that I was waiting for a long time to get rid of, you know, that gave me a sense of calm. Um, and that was, it was a good distraction for me. And um I also saw that when my kids would come to me, you know, they would come home from school or whatever. And I found that if I could get their rooms, you know, uncluttered and happy with, like you said, I love, you know, the positive energy um, and pictures up of not just, you know, them and themselves, but also like, you know, I found that was important to consider. I mean, and this didn't happen right away, but I would say over time, I, I, I dawned on me like, you know what, it would be nice for them to have pictures of them, you know, with their dad and it's okay. Um, they still need to, to see them and, you know, to see him um, and, and to give them an environment that made them feel comfortable and warm and as good as possible in a difficult situation. So, yeah. You know, Michelle, teach and I always talk so much about how um, everybody's divorce situation is different. Like there are so many similarities always, but also so many differences. What, what were the main snafus, so to speak, that you saw that you were thinking like, these are things that probably most people would need to address? Right. So first of all, the first, I would say offender is a lot of people, you know, after they go through the stuff with their um, exes, whether they're staying in the, in the home or oftentimes people and oftentimes women are downsizing, they've got to move to a smaller place. They would rent storage spaces and they would just, they just didn't have the, the mental like capacity to say, all right, let me take the time and let me look through, what do I really need here? So they would go and they would spend money on a storage unit, which they didn't need to really, they would also, you know, throw, they, they wouldn't take the time to go through this stuff because understandably there was so much else going on, but there was money being wasted. And then they would oftentimes throw boxes of stuff in a relative's, you know, home or a friend's home. And it would just, their stuff would just be scattered all over the place. Um, and so, yeah. And um, which is totally understandable, but that's why, you know, I often say during and after divorce is when I like to come in, but truthfully, I would love to, you know, come into the best time is before, as you're going through to sort of sit down and, and say, all right, what are you going to need here? And it, it's, it's daunting, but I think what I've found is most people, once you get rolling, they are like really into it and you can move pretty quickly. And at the end of it, people are so relieved that they don't have to spend the money on right. the space. Um, another snafu, um, as far as not even just the physical space, but the logistics that people don't realize. And this is something that, you know, I had to go through myself to even, you know, you don't know what you don't know is something I often say. And mm -hmm. so, 
I had no idea, you know, that I was going to show up at the doctor and I was going to need also an insurance card or I was going to want to go away and we should both have a passport or there's something called a passport card and how do you get in touch with the teachers or all of those things that both parents are going to need to know. So, you know, I came up on a lot of these logistics that were, they were, they're like little, they're like little gnats, you know, like, but they cause a lot of problems and they, they are stressful when you're already going through a lot of stress. So I saw the ability from, you know, from my point of view to say, you know what, I've, I've had to deal with all of this. Here are all of these different categories of stuff and like to sort of front load with people and say, these are the things that you're going to have to consider. And also the ripple effect of not um, being ready for these various, you know, situations um, affects your children. And, you know, you're at, at the doctor and you don't have the insurance card, the doctor can't see you, then you've got to leave, you know, it's a, there's so many, as I'm sure you can imagine, there's so many different experiences. So all of these different issues were things that kept coming up that made me feel like, you know what, if I could just give people this information on the, on the, on the front end, front loaded in, there wouldn't be like, you know, picking up the pieces as they go along. Sort of, it's, it's a lot like stumbling in the dark, so, which I certainly did, you know. I think also, um, you don't want to be judged as a parent when you're going through a divorce. So for you to kind of prepare people, not kind of, but to prepare people, they don't know what they don't know. They don't know what they're going to feel, but to be as prepared as possible is also what Jessica and I are trying to do here with the ex-experts. We want you to be prepared with the right questions. We want to educate you so you make intelligent decisions that are not just emotionally driven. And um, so, I, you know, I think that's really great. And you also talked about you know, going through the process, Jessica's moved more times than I can count on my hands. So she's like a pro at it. I am now coined the sentimental stockpiler um, because I just moved out of my home, but I literally moved out of my home with my husband and we put everything in storage because we were going to build a home. So I didn't even look at it. Mm -hmm. Already I had been saving report cards and swim team results and and they're big storks, the cardboard storks that were on our front lawn, like literally the basket with their yeah. name and everything on it, announcing their birth and whatever. Um, and then we separated and then I moved into the home with my kids, brought it all in from storage, didn't even look at it. My wedding dress is there. I mean, everything. So then when I had to move out in June, because I sold my home. I was like, holy shit, like, I don't even know where to begin. And Jess was like, throw that shit out, throw it out. You don't need it. You never looked at it. You don't want it. I was, I feel like I was always afraid that I would forget. That's why I was afraid to throw it out. That's why I think that you're very valuable because people want to be validated on their decisions. So is it okay that I keep, you know, a small box with my wedding album you know, a bunch of pictures that show me and my ex happy. And, you know, a few of those things that if the kids ever want it, it's there. And the process of going through all those pictures, like I have a hard time remembering being happy in my marriage because the unhappy really kind of suffocated the happy. And going back, I was like, God, I think that I was happy. Okay, so 
I'm glad to know now that I was happy, you know, when I got married and we had many great years of being happy. And those are like real smiles on my face. That's not bullshit. And then once I saw that, I was like, okay, now I could throw it away. So I think having a friend to go through that with you and you are a friend, like I was saying in my conversation with Michelle before this podcast, I'm like, I feel like we're friends. Like she's just got that easygoing approach and, and she's very understanding and empathetic because look at, you know, she's lived it. So she gets it too. Um, I, I involved my kids a very little bit. I let them look through some of their memories that they don't even know is a memory. Um, but when it came to certain pictures, I asked my oldest daughter, what do you want me to do with this? And she goes, throw them out. They're not my memories. And I was like, oh my God, you are right. They're not your memories. They're my memories. And my younger daughter is like me. So, you know, I like that. You <laughs> and want my to talk? Son four. So he doesn't know anything. He doesn't even know who those people were in those pictures, basically. So how do you involve the kids in a level that's healthy for you? So you're still, you know, serving your purpose of removing clutter and things that aren't necessary in your life and not healthy to have around and keeping things that do matter. Like how do you involve the kids? So they're also making these choices with you, but not feeling like you're throwing out all their shit. Right. So you've touched on so many good points here, so many different things. And the first thing I want to say is, is that it's great because I know in our preliminary conversation, I know that the two of you had very different divorce experiences, which is fabulous because you're bringing that, those two sides of it to this platform, which is why you're covering so many more bases than you, than you could. So many, you know, and this, this, um, example of how you each deal with stuff, so to speak, is, is another example of how it's great because you cover so much ground. But I'm gonna propose that you would want to come to the middle. <laughs> I'm gonna propose that you would wanna do balance. And I know you asked about the children. So, and, and the other thing that you, the other good point that you made was, and I love when people involve their children and ask them, um, you know, when it's appropriate, of course, because their experiences, we project so much of our stuff on them and all, you know, it just, it's so good for them. And it's so good for your relationship with them to just ask them, what do you think? Does, it doesn't mean that you need to do exactly what they're saying or not. It's just, it's like a respect thing, you know, to them, which is, it's such a great relationship builder. So I would say that like you said, some of the stuff is going to be your memories and some of the stuff is their memories. And so the balance of coming together, and this is how, you know, when I'm, I'm actually working with somebody now who's, um, she's a fairly large house and we're coming upon so much stuff that is mixed. So I would say in that first kind of sort through, you're sort of saying, okay, what are my memories um, and what are the kids? And then the kids will have their own memory box, so to speak. And that's how I did it with my own kids. I have my own, you know, mementos and memory kind of space, which back to the balance is limited. It doesn't overflow. There is a box and there is a representation of the time, the person, you know, the activity, whatever it is, but you can't keep everything. Of course you keep, because what would you do with it? Where would you put it? Right. Um, and, and then the yeah, idea in a box, but okay, that's okay. You can have a box that's limited because what's the point of keeping all the stuff? In my opinion, the point of keeping all the stuff is so that when you would like to 
go back and have that experience of of those feelings, of reliving, of those memories. You don't have to search through your attic and your basement and your closets and every shelf and every bag and every box to find out where are those memories. You want those memories condensed into a box, you know, so that you're not looking all over the place for them. And you can have that experience that, that is the reason why you're keeping the stuff in the first place. So also, you know, people often feel like, oh, I want to go back and I want to, you know, I want to, um, you know, look at everything. But the truth of the matter is, is our lives are really busy and we want to take time to do this, but we don't want, we, most of us, and I can speak for myself, but, and most people, we don't have a day to sit with memories of, you know, fourth grade child too. We, we just don't have that. And so that's where the whole represent, you know, representation comes in there. And that works also not just for kids, but you know, as we get older, unfortunately, both of my parents have passed away. And Friday was the um, second anniversary of my father's death. And so I have in my closet a box that has various letters and pictures. I mean, certainly I have other albums, but just mementos, whatever it was, you know, that was meaningful to me, things around his death, people, letters that people may have written to me, etc. And I don't because and so on the day uh, that I want to, if it's Father's Day, if it's his birthday, I go to the box, I take the box out and I spend some time with it. I know exactly where it is. And so that's the point of the stuff and, and those memories. It's not, but you know, to fill every crack and space in your house, of course. But I understand that a lot of people have that anxiety over it's going to be lost. All of these things are going to be lost to time, you know, and to my memory. Right. And the other thing you can do, and I have done this with a lot of people, you know, even pre my divorce organizing is people will take pictures of the stuff, you know, and you can save it like that. You can print out pictures, you can, you know, make albums. But the, the idea is just to have it accessible, to right. have it front and center. Where is it when you want it? So for people who are listening, who have a lot of work to do and who haven't called you yet for your services. Um, what would you say are kind of like the three most important steps, the three most important things to consider that someone could get started, practical tips that they can actually like get going with today? Right. Okay. Love this question. So the first thing I would say, and, and this is, I'll speak specifically about people who are going through divorce and mostly women who are going through divorce. The one thing that I find so common is their heads are just swimming with stuff. It's just that monkey brain that is so common and it, there's a lot of swirling. So the first thing I would say is whatever's on your mind, just get it out of your mind and onto paper because when it's out of your head and you can look at it in black and white, it doesn't become so overwhelming. And then you're not dealing with the emotions of it all. You're dealing with the facts of clean out this room. Like it, it's not recycling over and over every day in your head. And then if it does, you can remind yourself, oh yeah, it's out, it's out of my head. So I would say that's the first thing. And I would say to give yourself reasonable goals, right? So if you tell yourself, I'm going to, so say you have, um, you know, a home office and right now you have been just throwing stuff in your home office. It's, it, you want it to be an office for yourself. You also want, you know, there's room enough for a couple of kids to, to have um, desks in there to work, you know, once in a while if they want to. There's pictures in there. There's all kinds of stuff in there. And, you know, you've got wrapping paper and sports equipment, all kinds of stuff, you know, jumbled together, right? 
So this is overwhelming. And I see TH is like <laughs> laughing. He gets it. You know, I'm not giving you a tour of the office <laughs> right now. Okay. I, I feel it. I understand. So it's overwhelming in general. So the second thing I would say is make reasonable goals, right? Start with one room. Um, and I often like people to start with the bedroom because I think that for people who are going through divorce, they need an oasis and the bedroom is the first space. It's, there's so much emotion, um, you know, connected with the bedroom and to get rid of the, um, that's, I would, this is connected with the second thing I would say, um, to give yourself goals that are reasonable within each room. So, you know, we talked about the, let's go back to the home office. I brought up two different uh, spaces. Let's go back to the home office. I would say, um, the first thing you're going to do is, is sort through everything, but that might seem really overwhelming. So I would say, okay, um, can you give 15 minutes, you know, every day this week, can you, for 15 minutes, set a timer, put on great music and can you, um, sort, start sorting through your stuff in the office? And most people will say, sure, I can do that. Um, and then by the end of the week, you've spent, you know, I don't know how is an hour and a half hour and 45 minutes um, in that room, but it, you didn't feel it. It's almost if you, I like to equate it with working out, you know, it's like, it feels overwhelming. You're not going to go run a marathon, but can you take a walk around the block? Sure. You know, and then once you've taken a walk around the block, you know, your walk gets faster. And if you go in there and maybe on the weekend, you've got, you, you know, you say, okay, I've got my 15 minutes, but you know what? I have some extra time and this isn't, this isn't as bad as I thought it could be. It's, it's also that initial kind of getting started. It's not as bad as I thought it, it, it was. And um, the third thing that I would say, as far as people feeling like they want to, you know, get started and they can't is that when you start in a room, so let's say you've got everything out of your head and you're like, okay, I'm going to start in my home office. Um, I'm going to show up today, 15 minutes. I'm going to put this music on. And people then go, all right, now what? So you need to set up yourself, set some zones up for yourself, right? So that what you do today in your 15 minutes isn't lost, right? So you're, it's almost like a work area. It's like, you're going to have this space as a work in progress. Because if you start, what happens if you start in those 15 minutes and eight minutes in, a kid is like screaming, needs you whatever someone yep. calls you whatever emergency happens or you need to take a break or whatever what happens then right people oftentimes and this this is understandable but it's so not necessary they just go oh screw this and they just throw everything back into the closet and then right. when you come back tomorrow for your next 15 minutes you're in the same place that you were before and it's very frustrating so if you take even your first 15 minutes of your first day set up yourself some zones here's, here's recycle, here's donate, here's redirect. That's a big box. There's lots of stuff that's going to be in that home office that does not belong there. Um, if you set yourself up with different boxes, um, as you go along and label those boxes so that you can, you can clearly do a sweep, a visual sweep of the room and you can see what, where everything is. So if you, if you've got, you know, a box of pictures, right? that you found in the home office and you're in your room and you go, Oh, look, here's some pictures that they don't belong in my, in my room. But now I'm in the sorting process. And I've, I know in my head, I've got in my office, I've got a box of pictures. I can just, as I'm walking downstairs to make dinner, I can grab those pictures and throw them into that box. So it's a constant kind of a process that, that initial sorting. 
Um, I, um, there are a few things you said. So I love stationery. So like, I love papyrus, especially. <laughs> and I'm, I am a thank you note writer. So I, I never have a shortage of those. So when I was cleaning out my desk, when you would come to my home, just when you say my house looked like it was neat, like I didn't, it didn't look like I had as much shit as I did, but I did. I had probably 15 boxes of thank you notes. So the first ones I got rid of were my old last name because I changed my name back to my maiden name. And then I got rid of, okay, so this, you'll understand why I'm a sentimental stockpiler. It came from my mother. I found a box of thank you notes from my bat mitzvah. I knew you were going to say that. 13. 13. Well, now you have the same name. So now they could come in handy. Yeah, but it's an old address. I'm so kidding. And it's purple, which is totally not my color. But anyway, like that's the stuff that I was keeping. So that was easy. Like I, I definitely thought in my head, I'm going to start with the drawers in this office. Also, because it's not so threatening like a picture. This is, this is like easy. I can do this. When I was looking through pictures, I'm like, oh my God, Jessica, and this one, and this one, this one. She's like, I'm like, I spent three hours going through pictures. She's like, you got to just throw them in the box and get to them another day. You can't waste three hours sorting through your pictures and like reliving memories. I lost three hours. So also my advice to kind of piggyback on Michelle is like, when it's very overwhelming, start with stuff that's, that's not threatening, like books. And you know how many journals I have that were empty? And I literally created boxes on my front porch for donation. I had the donation pickup set for the following Thursday. And I had to go through a certain amount to make it worth their time to come pick it up. Right. So for me, that was kind of my trick in doing it was totally the office, also the kitchen. Like how many spoons do I need? How many, I had, I had a Cuisinart from my wedding that I never even opened. 1995. I mean, I, that's a really good example though. Cause I feel like that's a, a lot of times the kind of stuff where people feel like this could come in handy. This could be useful. This is a piece yeah. of equipment, whatever it is. I had been, I've been moving a, a million times over the past 25 years that I've lived in the city and, um, moving out of my apartment a year ago after my second divorce, I literally still had all the China and crystal from my first marriage, which in and of itself is not necessarily a surprise, except that in all of the years since I've gotten it, I've probably used it three times, maybe four Yet I kept packing it and moving it from apartment to apartment to apartment to apartment with like, when I host this holiday, when I do this, and I literally finally got to the point a year ago, I'm like, I'm not the one hosting the holidays. I'm going to THs. I don't need the China and Crystal. And I sold it all. That's the kind of stuff I feel like sometimes people are like, I don't really necessarily want to get rid of it. I'm never going to want to have the funds put aside to buy a new set of China and crystal and serving pieces and things like that. So I feel like I'm not a sentimental stockpiler, but I will keep things like that because I feel like one day that might come in handy. It might be useful. That's challenging, I think. Yeah, I think that you hit upon something, that feeling of like, I one day, right? Um, 
And I worked once with a costume person and you should have seen the things that they were holding onto. One day I'm going to need a lobster costume, right? You're not going to need a lobster. And if you do, you're going to make a new lobster costume. But in any case, you know, by the way, I just want to also say everyone always wants to know, like, what do you hold on to? What do you save? What does your space look like? And my mother who made me look like a messy, disorganized person, she was so organized, crazy. For some reason, she held on to my bat mitzvah thank you notes. I don't know why. And they were also purple. So there you go. What is that? Throw that in. I don't know. And I didn't get rid of them because I thought, oh, well, if my mom saved them, she must have thought there was some some reason so but they are in a box with other stuff they're not just floating around i know exactly where they are but so i guess my question to you is like you know you talked a lot about your moving you know about um you know putting the boxes on the front porch so i wanted to like just just highlight um how uh, and ask you how did you feel once you were able to, you know, get rid of this, all the stuff that you got rid of, um, you know, or did you not get rid of, you know, what you wanted to? So I'm the kind of person that must feel productive in one way or another every day. So I go to the gym or I do some form of physical activity every day. And doing that, I felt like I got it out of my house. So I felt productive. I was proud of myself that I accomplished what I said I was going to accomplish. And whatever it looked like on the front porch, it looked like. Right. I mean, going through the garage, <laughs> that's like a whole other story. That's like, that's like land of the lost more than even in my basement. So if I definitely felt lighter, I always feel good when I feel like I've been productive, even in the smallest way in a day. And you were also talking about setting goals for yourself. That was one of the things, especially at the beginning of Jessica and I starting this. Well, maybe not even then. I used to be in event production. My lists of to-do things were endless. I am the queen of post-its. I've got at least four post-it pads. By the way, my mother is also a post-it stockpiler. I'm a post-it stockpiler. They're everywhere. So the list, and I can't remember who I read it, who, um, which author mentioned it, but it totally was me. They said, just make one goal, one thing on your to-do list for a week and check it off and then do two. Because I was never going through my to-do list. I could never feel productive. I was never getting to this unrealistic goal that I have set for myself. I'm like, I could do this and then I could do that and I can get this done and I can be there and I can be here. And then the list is still there and it's getting bigger. So my list, I did exactly what you said, Michelle. You'd be very proud. I started writing in a journal as soon as COVID hit. I'm on my third six-month, um, five-minute journal. It gave me the coaching I needed. I was able to put stuff down. Um, it gave me little, you know, to, you know, thoughts for the day kind of thing. It was very mild and easy for me to get into. And I look at a blank page, I'm like, I don't know what to write. I'm not writing anything. But if you give me prompts, then, then I can write stuff. So I was writing and I did actually inadvertently put some of my goals in there. And one of them, you know, it says, what do you, what would make today great to get this amount of shit out of my house and on my porch and feel good that I gave it away to breast cancer, which is, I am a survivor of breast cancer, my mother, my aunt, so many people I know. And so I felt good 
and productive and lighter. It was like, it was, it's so, great. It's a great, wonderful feeling, but it's hard to get there with the pictures. I will be honest. I'm going to hire you when I move into my new house and all those pictures are coming back. But I think that for the pictures, it's okay to just say, okay, well, I'm organizing all of this stuff. Here are the stacks of pictures. They're going in this box for now. And you can actually go through and organize them later and decide what you want to keep. I think part of the problem, definitely for UTH, for sure it would be the same for me and probably for a lot of people is like, you want to do your 15 minutes in the office and all of a sudden, you know, you start opening up something with pictures and you just, you just get distracted. Right. So I, I, I would imagine, Michelle, you're, you're, you're the expert that it would be okay to like with certain categories of things, just get them into one place and one, you know, box or something. And then that's okay. You can go over that later. Correct. That's what the zones are. The zones are the first step. And that's why, you know, and I will bring it back to the, the, you know, the personal trainer thing is like most people, a lot of people know what to do, what exercises to do, but are they actually going to do it if no one's like watching them there, right. you know? So that's where a lot of people, you know, especially in the beginning, they, they need to be reminded constantly. Okay. We're not doing that. We're not, they'll, they'll open a letter they'll, they'll want to look at something. And one of the, one of the zones that I establish with people as we start is later, like, I don't, you don't need to, to do this with me. You don't frankly need to pay me to what, for me to watch you read this letter or look at these pictures you later on, you know, and when it's quiet, the kids are in bed and you're sitting in front of the TV and then you take your box and you can spend private time and look at it then. So the distraction, like you mentioned, Jessica is a huge issue, but oh, I'm yeah. like that redirector, like, nope, we're, you know, we're not doing that just, and it's just a gentle reminder because people can really get kind of, a, they really, because oftentimes people are uncovering things they didn't remember they had, or they hadn't seen for so many years. Exactly. And they want to, and in, in that moment, you know, dive right into it. But um, yeah. the journal keeps you accountable. Because if I set that as my goal, at the end of the day, I have to say what made today great. And I'll be like, oh, I didn't reach that goal. Now, now I got to carry it over tomorrow. Right. So being accountable for your baby step goals. Yes, baby wow, steps. That helped me a lot. The baby steps is everything in terms of growth and everything, you know, for the three of us, we got here because it, it took, baby steps. Yeah. Uh, they really, it makes a difference. Otherwise you won't go anywhere. Exactly. And that's not just for this, that's for everything. And it's, it's just this, the, it's the principle applied to this, but, you know, I just want to quickly highlight that, that feeling that you talked about, you know, when you had, you said you felt lighter and you felt accomplished after you went through this stuff. And our, we're so bombarded and I love the home edit. I think they're fabulous. I love all their rainbowy stuff. It's beautiful. It's eye candy. I love it, but it's not real. Most of us are not, that's not our life. It's not, certainly not my life. Um, and so it's just like anything else. It's like people get it in their head. Like my house has got to look like that. My pantry's got to be color coded and beautiful and labeled. And I think that's that's harmful to people because then people sort of go, I'm never going to get there. It's it's this, it's a similar thing to, you know, all of the super skinny models, you know, I was just say that. Yeah, it's the same thing. So I like to focus people and on the feeling. How are you feeling after you spent that those 15 minutes or after you spent whatever your goal was for the day? And like you answered that question beautifully. And that's exactly my goal with my clients is I want you to feel like you've 
you've done something that you're accomplished. I don't need you to feel that your pantry is ready for architectural digest. That's not what I want you to do, but I want you to get, yeah, because that feeling it, it grows and it, it's empowerment and then it leads to self-confidence and then it, it spills over into every single realm of your life. And as we're going through divorce, we, we all need that so much. We need that confidence. We need to feel like I know where my stuff is. I know where my kid's stuff is. I'm not floundering in the morning. I'm not making myself or my kids late. And that these are all byproducts of getting your home and your life organized, you know. That's like the perfect place to pause um, because I mean, honestly, the conversation could extend for hours. We've all been there. Everybody out there who's listening, you know, needs the tips, needs the help. Um, so thank you, Michelle, so much for sharing all of that. And um, there will be a page, a expert bio page, all about Michelle with all of her contact information, her website information um, for anybody out there who wants those types of services. And Michelle, you do stuff virtually as well, correct? Yeah, I actually have been working mostly virtually recently for some reason. And I work all over the country, obviously virtually. Um, I am based in the tri-state area in New York, um, but um, I'm happy to work virtually. And it really, it does, I, I was concerned in the beginning, you know, but it's actually works well for everybody. Yeah, that's great. So we will come have you back for sure with more tips, but thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. Thank you so much. It was great. Thanks so much for listening to Divorce Etc. with the ex-experts. We really hope this episode was helpful for you in getting information you need and feeling empowered to get through it. And always remember there are so many of us just like you. Now, please hit the subscribe button so you always get new episodes and please rate and review us. You can also check out our website filled with free resources at xexperts.com. Follow us on social on Instagram and Facebook and send us an email to let us know your thoughts or any questions or topics you'd like us to talk about. See you next time.